This episode of Burn the Haystack is sponsored, somewhat ironically, by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to thehaystack.org. The Haystack, life, culture, theology. Welcome back to Burn the Haystack with Josh and Jesse. I am Jesse. And I'm Josh. And this is a conversation where we save the best and burn the rest of culture and faith practices. And we have a lot of fun along the way. Oh, yes. Lots of memes. Lots of memes. But uh, yeah. Nah. Today is a good one. <laughs> Today is a good day. It's a it's a cold day here in Palmerston North. How's, uh, how's the temp over there in Hamilton, my friend? Yeah, it's man, there's been a cold snap, eh? I'm, I'm shaking up. Yeah, dude. I'm talking to all my Australian friends and they're like, dude, it's like 30 degrees. And I'm like, dude, it's like 11. It got down to like 12 degrees uh, on Sunday here. We were like shaking in our boots. It was crazy. That's uh, Celsius for all our American listeners. <laughs> uh, what is that? That's like, I think that's like 17 or 18 degrees Fahrenheit. I have no idea how Fahrenheit works. It is a foreign language. It, it's a really weird scale because like I saw in uh, Chicago recently, it was down to like thir- minus 30 degrees Fahrenheit. And I was like, holy moly, that must be like minus 60 degrees Celsius. And then I and then I looked it up and it was only like 20 20 degrees, minus 20 degrees um, Celsius. Like I say only minus 20 degrees Celsius. It's still pretty cold. That's still pretty dang cold. So yeah, I think we got a good here though. Like New Zealand gets cold, but at the same time, I look at some other parts of the world, like the Northern Hemisphere, and they're like subarctic around this time of year. So <laughs> I oh, count yeah. myself lucky. I remember reading um, Jordan Peterson's book, like 12 Rules for Life. And there's a part where he talks about... Um, he talks about just like his home growing up, saying it, talking about when it's minus forty degrees, and that's that's Celsius <laughs> that he's talking. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you survive? Why do people live in those sort of conditions? I don't get it, honestly. It's that's, that's insane to me. That's a good question. Like, why do people actually choose to live in those areas? Like, I don't know. Maybe if there's like, if you're in a, in a small town that has like lots of natural resources, maybe you put up with it because you want to get rich mining or something or, or forestry or but it does boggle my mind when you think of like siberian uh tribesmen nomads who like live in yurts and you know have lived in like the the mongolian steppe for like thousands of years and that's just that's just life they're like yo this is where we're chilling like i know that's <laughs> they don't actually talk like that but <laughs> oh, oh no i'm sure that's pretty historically accurate there jesse <laughs> yeah that is that is my number one uh concern with this podcast is uh historical accuracy so <laughs> <laughs> but like why do people live in those conditions i don't understand maybe it's just like maybe that's all they know that's just like we live here this is our home we're never going to leave because this is you know where our ancestors lived i don't know is it that simple no well people move there i don't know you know what i know we have listeners in um in canada and we did get our first listeners recently from russia um and so you know if yes. you live in some of these cold places even the the north northern parts of the usa where it just gets super cold or anywhere else just please let us know. I'm, I'm so interested. Just send us a message. Why do you live there? Why do people live there? Is there like a naturally great resource there that people 
is it like mining or is it some sort of arctic fishing i don't know Hmm. i'm curious yeah Yeah. i mean i i think a lot of people may look at australia and ask the same question you know because (laughs) because like moving to new zealand you don't realize this until you leave australia but like new zealanders i think genuinely think australians are kind of crazy because we supposedly live in this country that whilst it's also hot contains multiple uh species of wildlife that just want to kill you uh and a lot of people just go how can you how can how do you deal with it living in a country with crocodiles and alligators and great white sharks and box jellyfish and redback spiders and 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 like a million snakes you know i just i it's one of those things where you just don't think about it maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the lesson to learn you just don't think about it well i mean Here's here's the pro, right? You can run away from a crocodile. You can run away from a snake. You can run away from a funnel web spider. You can't run away from an earthquake or a volcano or minus 40 degrees, all right? You can't. There's nowhere to go. Like You can't run that fast. So in my opinion, I, I'd rather live there. Is that a personal shot against New Zealand? Because of those three things you just listed, earthquakes and volcanoes, that's New Zealand's got that, man. Like Ruapehu could erupt at any any time. And lots just of places have all. those things, Jesse. It's a shot against lots of places. Ah, <laughs> I'm actually okay. scared of the imminent Ruapehu uh, eruption, though. I think about it sometimes. Every time there's like yeah. a little earthquake, I'm like, "Is this it? Is this the super <laughs> volcano erupting?" <laughs> New Zealand's not a big place, man. Like, if Ruapehu did erupt and it was like a, a serious eruption, you, it could like legitimately wipe out good a good portion of this entire country. Like, it's scary to think about. Apparently, it could also wipe out a good portion of uh, the islands around and a good portion of Australia too. Oh, good. Well, at least it's at least Australia and the islands don't miss out. You know, it's not just it's not just New Zealand that gets to join in the fun. Like that's this is really gloomy. <laughs> <laughs> this is really gloomy. okay. Well, on a lighter note, uh, today we get to interview a really uh, fun and exciting guest. Um, somebody who I never thought I'd get to interview, but I'm really excited about it personally. Yeah, me too. Um, we're going from like subarctic uh, weather to beautiful Florida, which I'm pretty sure has never seen snow or temperatures under 20 degrees, or maybe they have, I don't know. But it's a beautiful place and it's home to uh, our guest, Stanley Pomianowski. Stanley Pomianowski. Did I? I, yes. think that, I think I got that right. <laughs> um, now, I'm sure a lot of you, you know, t- a lot of people probably don't know who he is because. It's not necessarily his name that's gotten him famous, but a lot of you, when we start actually talking about the kind of things he's been involved with creating, then all of a sudden, a lot of you will be like, oh, wow, this is that guy. Yep, yep. I I didn't know that he was involved in a lot of the projects that he has actually um, worked on until, yeah, very recently. So if you guys know um, the Adventist trading card, um, skit on YouTube or on Facebook or the um, Adventist Alert app. Yes, the Adventist Alert app video um, or the Ellen uh, Alexa parody. Um, Stanley oh, yeah. is the brain behind a lot of those projects um, and he's done much, much more. Uh, he is a filmmaker, uh, he's a storyteller, he's a writer, he's a husband. He's a visionary. He's everything. He's a bearded man. He has a he, great beard. You know what? I didn't tell him this in the interview, but he reminds me a lot of Andrew Ray from Binging with Babish. I don't know if I don't know if you noticed that, but I'm not. I don't really know who 
All are right. you talking about? Is that a YouTube channel? Yeah, it's a YouTube channel. Um, it's a cooking YouTube channel where... He, oh, that's why I don't know what yeah, you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but if any of you guys, if any of you guys actually watch Binging with Babish, Andrew Ray, he's the guy from from the show. He's Babish, and he's like he's this bordered, skinny, bordered gentleman with a, a a luscious black beard, just like Stanley. So I don't know if they're brothers, if they're distant relations, <laughs> or if they're just doppelgangers. But they're both sultry, uh, baritone, bass voiced men. Uh, who are storytellers. It's just that one tells, tells stories about weird Adventist culture and the other one tells stories with food. So, anyway, that's just my side side. You note. have the strangest ways of describing people, but I'm going to roll mm. with it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, anyway, so we get to unpack a little bit about why he made these projects um, and about his current project. Uh, and it's, it's really exciting. So... Um, great influencer great uh opportunity to connect with somebody who is just in a totally different field to us but Mm. actually has the same sort of heart as us Mm. uh, which i find really exciting so without further ado let's go straight to our interview all right stanley welcome to the podcast thank you for having me this is really exciting. <laughs> we, man, ever since I discovered and realized who you were, I've been like, man, we need to get this guy on the podcast. This is going to be amazing. Oh, wow. That's a huge honor to me. I am I feel like I'm just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found uh, your podcast um, prior to you guys. I, I just found it like a couple weeks ago uh, before you guys even contacted me. I was like... Uh, looking for other Adventist sources out there to, uh, you know, get deeper into Adventism and see if there was more people uh, with similar uh, mindsets that I had. And I stumbled upon Burn the Haystack, and I was like, I hope they don't mean thehaystack.tv because I love that site. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was uh, I was pleased to find that it was more of an analogy once I read your about on your uh, website oh. uh, about finding finding the core of adventism and i was like yes i agree with this <laughs> well that yeah. is very... i wish more people would read that before they um come to conclusions about our podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i was yeah. like oh no i mean haystacks are delicious why would they want to burn one yeah uh you know <laughs> what who are these people that think they can burn haystacks but no i was i was pleased to find out what you guys were really about yeah, that's cool. Hey, well, uh, Stan, would you just quickly be able to give our podcast audience, those who, who don't know you, a bit of background? Who is Stan um, and sort of how you got into uh, filmmaking and what inspired you to kind of go down the life trajectory that you're, uh, that you're now on? It was the fall of 1982. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, it, it was, uh, I, I'm a storyteller at heart, uh, if you can't tell, but the... Uh, um, I started making little films when I was very young. I uh, used my dad's uh, VHS recorder, and uh, almost every summer I would go to my cousin's house, and we would always make films together. And we didn't have any kind of editing software back then, so we would just have to rewind the tape and uh, redo some stuff uh, and shoot everything in order. And I just had so much fun doing that and we would do stuff that was like power rangers where we uh one of us would get in the treehouse i wouldn't because i'm afraid of heights and uh get in the treehouse and then look like we're looking down on uh someone else where they look really tiny because we're up really high and then they'd put their hand in the foreground 
um, and for like a forced perspective shot. And we would do all sorts of crazy stuff like that and stop motion. And um, I took a class in high school and I just thought, wow, this is a lot of fun. And right as I was about to graduate, I was actually going to go into computer animation, uh, but uh, Southern Adventist University added film. And uh, in my household, there was pretty much no question I needed to go there to find an Adventist wife. And uh, so, um, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh man, I like film way more than I like sitting at a computer um, all the time. And so uh, I, I have not looked back since. I, I went there, uh, got my degree in four years, uh, grade school. Uh, shout out to David George. And uh, now uh, my best friend, Nick Lovanos, is also a professor there. It's a great school. Um, and right after there, uh, right after I graduated, I had no idea what to do. I was, I was essentially the first graduating class uh, in the film department. Um, and uh, there was no internships available, nothing like that. And on our honeymoon, I got married the day after graduation. So wow. I, it worked. Oh, wow. My parents' plan. Parents plan came <laughs> all the way to fruition. I got my my Adventist wife, um, <laughs> and uh, on our honeymoon we went to Orlando to go to Disney. And my wife got a job interview uh, at the uh, Florida conference down here, and she got that job. So we were like, "Well, we're moving to Orlando." Um, and I uh, did not know if I could find work while I was here, but you know. Um, Eventually, the Lord helped me out, and he helped me find a really great church, the Florida Hospital Church. Um, and uh, some people may know, may not know me, but they may know some of the videos that I've made. Um, probably the most famous one would be the Adventist Alert or Badventist video about um, a fake app that alerts you if other Adventists are nearby um, <laughs> to let you know if... Uh, uh, so that way you can stop like eating pepperoni and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I remember never, uh, that that video yeah. just going like absolutely viral and crazy around Avondale. Like everybody loved it and watched it. Was it. So it was so good. cool. That that is so that is so cool to me that people in Australia could you know watch something that I made all the way in Orlando, Florida. Like that's so cool. Um, yeah. And and so I have been doing uh the the uh, i basically try to do one adventist funny film short film a year um and so all of them are on my church's website right now the the florida hospital church uh or actually their youtube page i'm sorry it, they're all on their on the florida hospital church youtube page and if you want to see them and the one with the most hits i didn't write but i was a part of which was called um before he speaks and it was written by uh the wonderful tammy Sinkamani. And uh, it was a parody of a country music song called Before He Cheats. And it was about <laughs> pastor's wives um, uh, <laughs> retaliating against their husbands in kind of like soft <laughs> ways of like burning dinner because oh. you know, he keeps talking about them in, in uh, sermons. <laughs> so using them as illustrations. So that one, that one uh, I think, has over 300,000 views. Oh, and that one my was gosh. W- w- way back in the day featured on um, CNN here, which is an American news station, depending on where your listeners are coming from. And someone, someone posted that one as like their number one video of the week uh, back when like, I guess YouTube was still kind of not as big of a deal as Mm. it is now. So, um, so we were super happy with that uh, back then. And uh, I've continued to just make Adventist media. I've gotten 
all sorts of love and hate mail for what I've done. <laughs> um, and uh, I just uh, keep going. <laughs> and um, uh, maybe another one. Uh, the one I did last year was the Alexa parody that was an Adventist Alexa, uh, which I saw that you guys had share, have shared on your Facebook page for Burn the Haystack. And I was like, hey, awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, that's, uh, I believe it's my wife is the first one. That's the, the woman that's cooking in the kitchen. So oh, that's, cool. so, that's, that's my wife. Yeah. Um, and it's been a while since I've watched it, but I think it's the first, the first person that you see. Um, yeah. And uh, this year, I did not make a funny video because I made a whole funny web series called um, Ellen versus the world. And hopefully you've heard of it or hopefully you will watch it soon. If you haven't um, the, to you and your listeners out there. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> it's something that I, that um, I made uh, at, that I wrote years ago and uh, finally got enough funding to make it this year. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I love, um, I mean, yeah, so at the time of this recording, the first three episodes are out. And um, I, I absolutely, uh, from the first episode, I absolutely fell in love with this web series. And so um, uh, the second episode particularly, I don't think I've ever had a web series that actually made me just laugh out loud so hard <laughs> um, at some oh, of the moments. Awesome. Just because I could just relate to it so much. And, um, you know, <laughs> it's an existential, uh, it's an existential way of relating because you're laughing, but you're also kind of like crying internally as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's great. That's great. Uh, um, yeah. I make, I make a cameo in that one too. Um, I am a vomiting church member. That's me. <gasps> you're vomiting um, yeah. church guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did see that, and I think that actually was the scene that made me laugh so hard. Because, like, just—I mean, not to give too much away. Our listeners, you guys need to watch it when you can. But um, there's a scene where they come up to the church, and this—you know—Stanley is throwing uh, up out the front of the church because of something like, terrible that's happening inside. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's oh, rum. It's so I'll, I'll blow it. I'll blow it. I'll ruin it. But um, <laughs> I wanted to put it in the trailer, but they, but the producer was like, "No, you can't give that away. That's like the best thing ever." <laughs> but, I agree. Um, but I, I, I um, when I wrote the script, I was like, "I knew, I know that I must do this part. Yeah. Like, I don't want anyone else to do it. Like, I can't ask anyone else to mm. be this person. Like, I have to be brave." And be vomiting church member <laughs> who is uh, very upset at, at um, there being drums in the yeah. service. But, yeah. um, and if and if you guys want, you can edit it out that I blew it. That's okay. Either way, that's so good. Hey <laughs> no, man, it's your video. You can blow whatever you want on it. <laughs> but awesome. uh, oh yeah, the vomit looks so real. Don't. It wasn't real, was it? Um, no, I did not force myself to vomit. Um, okay. It was actually uh, oatmeal. Uh, and uh, carrots. I oh. believe that we chopped some carrots into oatmeal. Oh, and that's uh, what I would, what I was doing is I was, uh, I actually had to add some water to it because it was too thick. Like the first take, <laughs> like it wasn't coming out of my mouth. So like I was, I was, <laughs> I had to, uh, to basically go to a drinking fountain, and uh, with the oatmeal and carrots in my mouth, um, and then just drink some water, but not spill anything. And then we're like, wait, then we're like waiting for the take. And, you know, I can't call action, even though I'm the director, if I'm waiting for someone else to call action. And, you know, because if I, it was action, it'd be all over the place. And uh, 
oh man, I, I just had a blast doing that part. It was a very stressful day and that was just really cathartic to just be able to puke all over the place. That's crazy. <laughs> um, I want to talk about yeah. Ellen versus the yeah. world because um, obviously that's why sure. we're here and talking about this stuff. But before we do that, could we just backtrack a little bit? How did you actually get to start making these amazing, crazy, par- I suppose you could mostly say parody videos with the Florida hospital because mm-hmm. you're kind of in a, a unique position. I don't know of any other person. Maybe there are probably people out there who are actually doing that in Adventism. Did Was it your idea? Sure. Did the Florida hospital ask you to do it? How did this come about? Well, um, well, my, uh, my first job ended up being uh, part-time at the Florida conference and part-time at the Florida hospital church. Um, and uh, after my internship was over, I was like, uh, the conference wanted to hire me to make documentaries about um, disaster relief because I had made one that they really liked while I was interning. And I was like, man, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I mean, I, disaster relief is great. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything negative to say about those efforts, but I just, I just needed in my heart to tell stories. Um, and that were, uh, I needed to write my own stories. I, I didn't want to document stories as my whole life. Um, and, um, so I begged the hospital church to make my, my internship into a full-time position. And, um, luckily they, they made it work. Um, and so I worked there for six years and I, um, I, I was paid to make sermon illustrations. And so I made a lot of stuff that um, is probably lost to time that was more serious, but still like like skits or whatever. Um, and um, I don't know where some of those things are. Um, but um, <laughs> and then and then the every year our church would do this uh, fairly irreverent event um, uh, for our church retreat where we would um, every year we would go to a local camp in the state uh, called Camp Kalakwa. And the Saturday night program would be like the time where after sunset we would sing, uh, we would let people basically do a talent show where they could do um, these uh, secular songs, um, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that had tons of drums in it. And um, <laughs> it was a wild time. And the, the host is, was, is just a hilarious guy. And he, we would have these planning meetings and he said, what's the video you want to make? that no one's ever let you make about Adventism. And uh, the video that came out of that was Adventist All-Star Trading Cards because I just <laughs> w- had made um, jokes. You guys can look that up on YouTube. It's out there. But um, people had I, – I was making jokes about how I don't know all of these Adventist heroes. And so I was like, what we really need are like almost like baseball trading cards or uh, I don't know in New Zealand cricket trading cards yeah I don't yeah know. I, I collected I'm to, i collected I'm cricket cards when i was a kid you got them out of cricket the, cards cool. yeah out of the wheat bix packet um yeah oh great. oh okay <laughs> that's cool it actually sounds better crickets card cricket cards than yeah baseball cards, and rugby but, rugby um, cards as well rugby okay cool cool i had i had baseball and i had football and i also mm-hmm. had a bunch of movies like ninja turtles nice but uh anyway I, off, off topic i guess <laughs> but um but so I made this funny video about like, what if we had collectible cards that were for pastors and like, what would the stats be? Would it be like baptism stats or, you know, like <laughs> what, what is all of that? And then each pack would come with um, a piece of wham 
um, which I don't know if they still make wham, but it's like a veggie um, version of ham. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so it was like veggie wham, uh, veggie ham called wham. And uh, you just have to check that video out. But that was that was the first thing I made out of college, that crazy thing. Um, and um, people liked it. And that's really what people were like, you've got to make one every year. So since then, I've made I've made all these crazy videos um, for my church every year. And um, I've been doing those for fun mm. uh, and not for pay uh, ever since I stopped working there. Uh, and, oh man, it's been about six years since I have not worked there. Uh, and uh, sometimes I really regret not working there, but I currently have my own business. So I'm, I'm very pleased with that because I... Without doing that, I'm not sure if I would have had the time to make something like Ellen versus the World. Mm. So tell us a bit about, I guess, with Ellen, Ellen versus the World. What's, um, I guess, your heart behind it? You know, like what makes you? I mean, it's obviously a huge uh, undertaking. Like it's a, it's a big task, yes. and you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm guessing you've got a bit of a vision for where it's going to go. But um, yeah, I guess, mm. yeah. What, what's sort of your like your heart with with each episode? Mm-hmm. Good questions. Um, the, the initial reason why I made the show was, um, well, it's kind of a long answer. I hope you have a long, a lot of time, but, um, <laughs> but it, it's, it started as I was thinking about when I left my parents' nest and I was also compounding that with how young people were leaving the Adventist church in droves and I was trying to figure out why and why I stayed. Um, and why I didn't leave the church. What, what was it that kept me an Adventist? Whereas I saw a lot of people just like shrugging their shoulders and just being like, ah, whatever, giving up or just going really far off the deep end. Um, basically running as far away from God as they possibly could. Um, and so I was like, man, what is it? And I kind of came to the idea that there was a lot of things that are taboo to talk about with teenagers uh, and your kids, and people are embarrassed. People don't want to talk about sex. People don't want to really talk about drugs. Um, and um, I was like, how can I talk about these things? How can I get parents to talk to their kids about these things? And um, I was like, I should make an I should make a show where these uh, where these issues actually come up. And uh, it's a funny show because that's just what I make are are sun- funny or silly things. And like maybe we can crack open the door just a little bit, just enough so that the parents or Sabbath school teachers or whoever can actually talk to kids about it and we can prepare kids. Because sometimes I think it's kind of like how the snake lied to Eve, where um, Eve's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not supposed to eat this fruit because otherwise I'll die. And then the snake's like, you're not going to die. And then when Eve ate the fruit, she didn't immediately die. So she was like, huh. And she like ate more fruit and gave the fruit to uh, Adam. Uh, because she didn't see the immediate negative results. And I feel like sometimes all we hear is like, don't have sex before marriage. Yeah. Why not? Don't, don't do it. <laughs> you know, like, and that's it. And so it isn't like, hey, you know, like sex is a really powerful thing. And it's, uh, it's almost too powerful to share with more than one person. Maybe was a, maybe would have been a better answer sometimes. Or, um, you know, just talking about, uh, frankly, talking to people about STDs maybe would be good too, mm. um, or, yeah. or or what it's like to be a parent. And uh, um, at at best, my high school prepared me uh, to not have sex by making me babysit like a, a sack of flour um, for a month, <laughs> and being like, "See how annoying that was? 
just imagine a baby, you know, and like, that's it. That's all they got. That's all they got for me. You know, it's like, well, I mean, I could, I could watch a sack of flour. I might as well have sex so I can have babies. Who cares? You know? Um, but, uh, just kidding, of course. But the, um, these, you know, I, I know there's going to be someone responding to that, just that, <laughs> taking that out of context, but no, I'm joking. But the, um, um, but, um, so I wanted to create something. So like an Ellen, it's so innocent, it's super innocent because she's concerned about holding hands with her boyfriend and what's really happening. What I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to give parents an opportunity to talk to their kids about relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, like obviously it's, it's so idealistic. Like I don't, I don't know anyone that's actually that conservative where they were like in high school. That was probably more like, like uh, sixth grade mm-hmm. for me, like being like, Oh my gosh, I'm holding hands. <laughs> um, but um, we created these Bible studies to actually, um, or study guides so that parents could ask the questions like, Hey, you know, like, uh, do you think that was appropriate for them? Or like, what, what's the, what's the line of appropriateness? And then, um, the feedback that we've gotten is that the discussions are, have been actually been really good with parents and their teenagers to talk to them about relationships and what's appropriate because we also have like super, it's mentioned where the super classic, um, type of, uh, relationship where the mother and father are like, Oh, he courted me, asked my father yeah, for permission yeah, 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 yeah. and things like that. And it's like, you know, those are, those are silly and funny and I've, I've lured people into talking to their kids about relationships. Um, like, <laughs> You're tricking them. Without them knowing it. I have tricked them. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, that, that, is kind of, that was kind of my sneaky goal, uh, was to do something like that. And um, um, I've always found it disheartening, too, with the, the people that have immediately jumped on like the trailer and told me things like, you're going to be losing souls, not bringing people to God. Mm. And... Um, I don't disregard those things immediately. Um, I, I'm, I definitely take those, those comments very seriously. So, um, I, I, so if anyone's out there listening that wrote those comments, like just know that I, I'm not brushing you off. Like I, I want to make sure that I'm not driving people away from God. That's like the last thing I want to do. Um, but I was really just trying to create a, a better and stronger relationship between teenagers and God and teenagers and their parents, uh, was my real goal. Um, and then on the flip side of it is I also wanted it to be something that was incredibly entertaining that, uh, kids would actually watch, uh, of their own free will and not be forced to watch something that teenagers would find. Um, and, uh, because I, I feel like if something is, is pure, just propaganda or like a super idealistic, like, look at this perfect Adventist family, always making the perfect Adventist choices. Uh, like it just, it just is not, it's not real compelling. life. Yeah. And yeah. then these teenagers are going to see it coming from, you know, a hundred miles away of like, uh, or kilometers away. And, uh, <laughs> and the, they're going to see it coming and they're going to go, um, they're going to go, yeah, right. I'm not watching that garbage. Like that's, that's like the things that my, that's the thing that the uh, the conference level people want me to watch. Forget it. You know, like they're going to uh, that, – that's my thinking anyway. It's been a while since I've been a teenager myself, but I always just <laughs> rolled my eyes at a lot of things that were like, gee whiz, you know, we're going to blah, 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 and this is going to be so perfect. You know, it's stuff like that. that I was just like, I, I wouldn't watch that garbage. But so – yeah. Um, uh, and uh, there's there's definitely places for it. There's uh, some great radio shows for kids that are that are younger, but – 
even my 11 year old son kind of is like Ugh, over some of those things you know he he's he's like oh this is for babies when it's something that's this perfect idealistic thing um and i think people harp on me because they want this show to be about perfect adventists that are cool and uh that are cool yet extremely conservative and yeah. i'm like uh you uh I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. But that's a thing. Is that a thing? Is there, are there super cool, uh, really, really conservative uh, Baptists? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe there are, and, and maybe I just maybe I'm uh, I'm just not cultured enough to know how to write that. But um, that. But anyway, my my goals were to make something uh, that was engaging and uh, could be would be consumed. Um, without them thinking about it and then when they're ready to go deeper they could look at the study guides or hopefully someone can lead them in some discussions or hopefully parents are involved and watching some stuff with them um Mm. those are the things that i'm really going after Mm. no i so appreciate that and like that explanation just i think that just lends such a, a level of legitimacy that you're not just here to create something funny or or satirical or or controversial, mm-hmm. but there is actually a, a, a depth behind that that you actually want to accomplish something really significant. And I think, like, dude, just I commend you for that. It does raise an interesting question in my mind, though, because, um, and I'm sure you know this a lot better than I do, but mm-hmm. the Adventist church, generally speaking, and I'm mm-hmm. talking in very, very broad terms here, doesn't do satire well like we don't seem to be able to (laughs) actually receive something which is supposed to be satirical which obviously ellen versus the world is just you know it's so over the top it's like caricatures all the characters are caricatures Mm -hmm. and um from a lot of your work that you've that you've um Mm -hmm. that you've created in the past you know you just read those facebook comments or those youtube comments and you sit you tend to see the same um, the same responses over and over again. Right. Isn't this right. terrible? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're mocking the Adventist church. Oh, you know, you're mm-hmm. being a scoffer. You're being the same Bible verses get raised over and over and over again, the same responses. Oh, yeah. The thing that, the thing that bothers me the most is how uh, the comments where people equate mocking Adventist culture with mocking God. Yes. Like, that's what bothers yes. me mm-hmm. the most because... We never, ever, ever mock the actual beliefs uh, as far as salvation issues or the, um, the uh, what is the right word, like the, the fundamental beliefs yeah. of Adventism. We never, we're never like, oh, well, look at this dead person that knows everything, you know, like, or <laughs> we're never doing any of that stuff. We're, we're making fun of some of the weird, weird stuff that we do um, that, that is confusing to other people. Um, and so that's just what drives me so crazy that I, I don't, this is going to sound mean, but the sheer arrogance of people to be like, you're mocking God when all we're mocking, if anything, is that we don't eat bacon. Yeah. And it's like, we're not mocking God. (laughs) Get over it. Oh yeah. You know, I love that scene. I love that scene in episode three where like, um, the dad's driving Ellen home and and she like mm-hmm. talks. Oh, I was offered bacon, and he like just slams on the brakes. Like that just had me <laughs> yeah. cracking up. It was so good. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like I wrote that as if it was uh, 
as if she were offered hard drugs. Like, were you offered cocaine? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on your show, but you know, that was basically the uh, the, the mindset that I was telling the actors to go through um, because it's just like it's it's crazy, you know. Like, um, I I I to this day don't eat bacon. I don't know if I could ever make myself eat eat bacon, but um, it's just been so ingrained in me. But it it's like one of those things where you know, growing up, it'd be like. I was at so and so's house, and they were, they were, eating bacon. You know, and it's like you know, confessing to your parents, You're like, well, you, you can't go to their house anymore. Yeah, That's yeah. it, no more going to their house. How do You're you think? Um, how do you think and, we got there? Yeah. Like seriously, how do we think we've gotten to this place as a as an mm, Adventist mm. culture where we? I almost want to say we can't take a joke. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I I think. It, this is that's a hard question too, but it, it's. I think my long answer would be something about how it's much easier to make faith about rules than it is to make it literally just about faith, um, because rules are easy to follow, because we can say if we don't do this, 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 and this on the Sabbath, and I do this, 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 and this, then I have kept the Sabbath, and I am therefore not a sinner. And I no longer need Christ to die for me. I'm, mm. I'm exaggerating. But the, uh, and, and so it's much easier to be like, and now I am pleasing God. Mm. And, and, and it's like, if I don't do this or that, then, then now I know that I'm saved. When in reality, like uh, we always hear the analogy of the straight and narrow. And uh, Ellen White even expands upon it saying, I saw people falling off on the left and I saw people falling off on the right. And I, I think that the road is so narrow that no one gets it because to me the road is literally just John three sixteen, mm-hmm. where those that believe in God will not perish, and it's it does Jesus doesn't say those that believe in God and keep the Sabbath mm-hmm. will surely you know will will not perish those that keep those that believe in me and follow the Ten Commandments perfectly it doesn't say that and in, and I think the people falling off on the left and the right are the people that are either just throwing out all of God's law altogether and being like, ah, who cares? You know, I'm saved. Forget it. Um, and then the people on the right are the people that are like, here's how I was more perfect for God. And it's like, it, to me, it's just so foolish to both of those sides because it's like we can't, we can't become more perfect or we, we can't receive less salvation than someone else. Um, and really, it's just about believing in God and then all of those other things will line up, you know, like mm. if, if, if you, the Sabbath is, I love the Sabbath and episode one is a lot about the Sabbath and I didn't really love the Sabbath until I had not experienced it for a long time um, because um, someone wrote in with this, with a similar story, but there was definitely a time where I was like kind of shrugged about like, nah, I kind of hated the Sabbath growing up. Like I'm just going to be really loose about it with my kids. And, um, and so I really just didn't keep the Sabbath hardly at all and um, been really impressed to just be like, you know what? I should really make the Sabbath about just being an awesome day. Like I, like I, as the father of this family, I have a responsibility and I need to make, I need to make the Sabbath awesome for my kids. Hmm. And I need to make it not like a day to just turn off your stuff, but a day to just really um, be like, make it a fun great day a day that they look forward to and that's that's been my journey is trying to make that happen and it and i don't do that because i'm trying to 
keep the rules better. I'm not doing that because I'm like, oh man, if I can, if I can just keep the Sabbath, then I'll, I'll be in heaven. Excuse me. But it's like, um, uh, but I'm doing it because the Sabbath is great. (laughs) Um, It is (laughs) so good to just take a day off uh, of what you're doing. Uh, Being self-employed, I will work myself to death at uh, every, every day and, uh, and never stop. And, but when I can um, take, be forced to take that day off, I can replenish my, my mind, my body and my soul. And it's just, it's so great. God knew what he was doing, giving us, forcing us to take a day off. Mm. And, um, and uh, maybe force is too strong of a word, but suggesting we take a day off was, was, uh, was really just so beneficial for us. The health benefits are really good. Yeah. And it's just, you it's really need to take a day off. And I feel bad for pastors. You guys are pastors. <laughs> yeah. It's like, when, when do you really get a day off when you're a pastor? <laughs> mm. Well, I think God like has hardwired it into us. Like, I think he's hardwired the universe to observe rhythms. And I think we're just the same. And yeah, it, it is, it is kind of crazy sometimes that mm. when I'm done with a sermon on a Saturday afternoon, like there's always the temptation to go over to somebody's house for lunch or go in a, and do visits and stuff like that. But at the same time, mm-hmm. there is a little part of me that just goes, let's just, leave and go up into the hills somewhere and just like disappear <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah you understand yeah. like why jesus did a lot of retreat yeah. you know you know yeah. like he's like yeah. i'm tired guys i'm tired of this i need some i need a break absolutely absolutely man so good i just uh i love everything we're hearing and i guess what i'm what i'm thinking about um stanley is uh, for our listeners i guess in their local church um and I guess they, they're probably seeing a lot of the, um, I don't know, yeah, things that you've characterized so well in, um, in Ellen vs. The World. Um, and a lot of the sometimes can be, can be quite toxic culture of Adventism. Um, and I sort mm-hmm. of love the way you're, you're, ta- you're speaking to that without necessarily being too blunt about it. Like it's, it's more playing into it. I think it's really cool. Um, but I guess my, my heart goes out to a lot of those. There's a lot of people who are very creative in local churches mm-hmm. um, and they might not have the same sort of opportunities you do. Um, but I don't know, what, what do you think about like how can creatives, I guess, um, be using what they have to um, help speak and, and better the culture of Adventism? Oh, man, that is... Uh, I wish I could solve that that question. <laughs> um you don't have to just any yeah. any suggestions or thoughts here <laughs> sure sure no i i feel like the world would be a much more interesting place um if churches supported uh arts and media as more of a ministry than they currently do because um if you think back to like um i guess renaissance um you know almost all art was funded by the church all of the european art was like funded by the church and um and we got all sorts of fantastic things. We got Leonardo da Vinci and, and all the other masters out of that era of the church funding art. And that stuff continues to live on today. And just imagine what we could do now with film and media. And I have, in my lifetime, seen a shift towards things like that um, where... I believe it was some Australians that that made the Ellen White story or the the Great Disappointment story. I haven't seen it, um, but I, I've been encouraged by some of that. Um, and 
we now live in an age where there's almost no excuse to make media. Um, it is absurdly cheaper than it used to be to create super high quality media. Um, like the Apple iPhone is more powerful than the first 100 years of, of film hmm. combined because wow. <laughs> you can shoot with it. You can record audio. Like it took like decades for film to get audio recording that's synced up and you can, I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but it has a light. So you can literally light with it <laughs> as well. Mm. But, um, and um, you can edit on your phone in a nonlinear fashion. We didn't get nonlinear editing until I, I believe the eighties or nineties. Um, and that's just so incredible what's available on your, on your cell phone or on your iPad or whatever tablet. And so the best encouragement I can give you is to just keep doing it. Um, and eventually you'll get something that's a really great project as long as you continue to learn as you make something, um, whether, whether it's painting, music, video, um, and you can just continue to learn and learn and get and just get better and better at your craft. And then the, the other really important thing is to find other people like you. Um, I can't say that I did all those funny church videos by myself. I found some really great partners uh, along the way. Tammy Sincomani I mentioned earlier. Uh, another one of my friends, uh, Enrico Marcelino. Um, he and I did a lot together in some of the, the best of era of my Florida Hospital Church videos. And, you know, it, it's only through those partnerships that I also grew in my craft as well. Uh, so that's like the biggest thing. And, and I like that you guys are, there, there's two of you doing this show um, because I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's the two, two people combined can do a lot more than just one person on by themselves. Uh, the producer on Ellen versus the world is Nathan Nazario and he produced a feature film that was in theaters here and is now uh, the movie is going worldwide. It's called old fashioned and it's mm. about trying to have an old fashioned relationship in this modern crazy world of, of swiping left and right to find someone um, at where a, a guy goes back to his hometown and refuses to be alone in a room with a girl and does all this courting stuff, doesn't kiss her until they're married. <laughs> and so wow. it's, kind of a, it's kind of an interesting film. Um, it has a lot of commentary about uh, dating. So, um, and part of that is is uh, was my pitch to Nathan as well was like what the purpose of my show is which I talked about earlier what like really resonated with what he was doing with uh, old-fashioned um, but my my biggest advice is definitely just keep doing it is just to keep making stuff and learning and aligning yourself with other people that also have the same interest and uh, you'll be surprised at how much you can learn from other people and how much your craft can grow um, and um, I really wish that the church would spend more money on this type of stuff. Um, I think it, we would see a new renaissance, so to speak, of, of uh, higher quality Christian media coming out there. Um, and uh, with, especially with, like I said earlier, um, prices of equipment is just so much cheaper than it used to be. Uh, yeah. A nonlinear editing system used to be like $100,000 wow. um, in the 80s. And now you can do it on your phone, which you're paying for, <laughs> mm. which you're, maybe your parents are paying for monthly, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's incredible um, and uh, almost free. And then there's screenwriting software out there uh, that's free. Celtics will help you get it. Um, 
get your scripts formatted properly. And there's, there's other things. I think Adobe story, it's been a while since I've used it, but, mm. um, the, Adobe has some free software that's, that'll help you do screenwriting. And, uh, there's almost, uh, you're only limited by your personal drive. And, and so get some drive <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and get amazing stuff done. Get driven. Could driven to do something. Could we um <laughs> so could we cool. drill down a little bit on um the types of media that you think like you're talking about you're you're hoping and you're dreaming for this renaissance of Adventist media. Like what specifically does that look like to you, um, if you're envisioning that renaissance? So what what sort of media, what sort of stuff do you think needs to be put mm. out there and, and with what heart? Well, um I think stuff that's maybe not exactly like Ellen versus the world, but I, you know, I'm super biased, but stuff that, like I said about my goal where I really want, wanted to make something that was still easily consumed and people would, would watch it, even if it wasn't necessarily a Christian series that they would, something that they might still watch would be what I would love to see. Uh, because a, a lot of, um, a lot of the feature films that are out there are hard to watch, um, <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, and and um, I, and you know, I'm I love Jesus and I love being a Christian, but there's there's just these films are are just uh, it's hard for me to describe. I don't want to be mean, but it's just like why why aren't these good? <laughs> is what I ask myself a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily like even the acting. Like the acting is usually pretty good. But it's it just, I, I see a lot of God as a genie and a lot of yeah. these films, or, you know, not that God comes out of a lamp, but it's literally like, oh no, my life is terrible. Like, like the, the story arc is like, life is terrible, 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 terrible. I pray, life is awesome. And it like takes <laughs> off like on a rocket, like. Jesus answers all my prayers. Yes, you this just is why I became a Christian. You just described yeah. the whole plot of, of War Room. That's like that's that's that movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that's um, that is uh, very common, um, and w- that's what you see a lot in Christian films. And um, every single Christian film ends up being about a conversion story, um, and um, that that gets repetitive as well. There's a lot more within Christianity besides just being converted. Um, uh, there are great, really great Christian films out there. Um, I can only imagine is just a great film. Um, and I, I need to see their previous film, which I heard was also good called Woodlawn. Um, but there, there are great films out there. And that to me is, is what I would love to see. And I'd, I'd actually love to see media that maybe, uh, I, I think to paraphrase C.S. Lewis, he said something like, the world doesn't need more Christian authors. He needs more, the world needs more authors that are Christian. Mm. And uh, I think that that's good. we get a lot of stuff that's just morally bankrupt all the time. And it's like, man, I'd love, I'd love to be able to just have quality entertainment that, um, that doesn't have to be morally bankrupt. Like, yeah. like it doesn't need to be a slasher film or, even Indiana Jones, I love Indiana Jones films, but I watch it now and sometimes I'm like, man, Indiana Jones is a serial killer. Like he kills so many people. Like if you did a body count in this film, you're like, man, Indiana Jones, yeah. he's he is sick. Yeah, <laughs> he has killed so many people. What on earth? Um, Never thought and he's about like that. Our, 
he's our hero <laughs> like james bond like you know yeah, james yeah, all yeah, the macho yeah. men james bond and and uh, any arnold schwarzenegger film and it's like yeah. you know i grew up loving that stuff and uh but you look at it now and you're just like my goodness look at these people so they're, i guess they're murderers yeah so i guess what you're saying is like on the one hand you don't want there doesn't need to be more like slasher films or action films with remorseless murderers but at the same time like the other alternative the only other alternative can't just be a propaganda piece from a christian perspective right like it's yeah it it's like when people are like oh no we need more we need more christian films and they go like really really christian films where (laughs) you know um there's a whole spectrum that we're we're skipping we're leapfrogging over and i I just think we could we could fill that out um because for a long time in cinema there was still just a lot of just great pieces that weren't necessarily you know um morally bankrupt along the way you can still have good stuff good stuff in there good good lessons um one of my favorite christian films that's not a christian film at all is um 310 to yuma Uh, there was something about that movie um that really spoke to me as a Christian um, it is it has Christian Bale and Russell Crowe. It has one scene in it that's horrific that gave me nightmares. It was so gross. But um, uh, where, but so I'll, I'm just putting that caveat out there. If someone's like, let me go pop in 310 to Yuma. <laughs> Stanley said it was a great Christian <laughs> film. Let, let me show my children this film. But um, there's, there's like a really violent scene in there. So so watch it first, you know, but, and maybe you know learn where that scene is and skip it you're going to show it to your family but um but it, it's basically a uh, about um a, a criminal that is completely heartless and um played by russell crowe and christian bale plays this guy that's trying to turn him in for a ransom because he's he's poor and he has his son with him and uh i i don't want to blow the ending but it's the ending just hit me as wow, uh, love hath no greater gift than this, you know, like Mm. in this Mm. moment. And it was like the only thing that defeated the super evil, heartless villain was a huge act of love was the only like you like trying to beat him up, trying to, um, subdue him. None of that worked, but he was broken by love. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is my favorite. This is my new favorite Christian film. So there's stuff like that where, um, perhaps maybe uh, I, I don't like how some people just immediately throw everything away where I feel like, you know, we could, there's a lot of lessons out there. And actually most films, um, try to still have some kind of good moral to them. Um, if you really dig deep enough and maybe that's just what I enjoy doing sometimes is digging, digging really deep into these films and trying to figure out what's, what makes them good and what, where, where is the good in this movie? Mm. Mm. wow i love that i love that idea and i I think there's been so many amazing lessons that i've learned through pop culture Mm. and you know popular media rather than just the i don't know yeah like i appreciate a lot of the christian media obviously but um Mm. yeah i think there are so many things i've learned through other other things as well it's been so helpful Mm -hmm. um and so i'd love to see more of that but uh i guess well something you sort of mentioned at the beginning um that with the projects you've done, and I guess while we're talking about, mm-hmm. as soon as you branch off and don't do sort of propaganda stuff, uh, a lot of people feel 
the need to be vocal about it. <laughs> yes. Um, so you've received a lot of, I mean, a lot of praise for your work and a lot of, obviously, things don't go viral unless people are interested in them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I was thinking with Ellen vs. The World, we I've looked at the comment sections and stuff and there's a lot of people who have different opinions to me on there and they get really mm-hmm. frustrated mm-hmm. by it. How do you how do you <laughs> handle criticism? Um, oh, man, do I handle it? That's the other question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for the most part, I've learned to not engage with those people because, um, unfortunately, they've, they've already decided um, how they're going to feel about this project. And I, I think right now what surprised me is that there's, there's currently, as of this recording, more positive than negative. And maybe that shouldn't surprise me, but um, <laughs> because I feel like people are like way more likely to comment on something they hate than, on, than comment on something that they love. Um, like we'll get maybe a like, but not a comment, you know. Um, mm. But man, if someone doesn't like it, they will really, really let you know. Um, and I, um, I still read those and sometimes I, I have to pause and, you know, really think like, okay, am I, am I really, you know, uh, are they right? You know, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm aligned with God is basically what the way I feel. Um, there was a video that I made, uh, an Alexa parody and that one got the ultimate negative comment because someone wrote, <laughs> Someone did a full hour-long sermon about how terrible that video was. Um, theologically. No way. Yes way. Um, and I don't know the actual group's name, so I can't quote that, but you could probably just search that video. But um, maybe some of you out there have already seen it. But someone sent me the video, and I was just like, whoa, whoa. And I, I'm, like, blown away by how deep that they have analyzed that video and and I was even embarrassed because I was like, these people have thought about this video more than I have. <laughs> like, like they they've got some they've got some really good points. Like, the, whoever made this whoever made this video, what a jerk, you know. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's me. Oh no. Um, and uh, and so I don't I don't necessarily like brush them off, but I really try to think I I really try to see like where they're coming from because. Um, some people are just raised that all media is terrible. Um, and, um, and some people really do have some valid points about some of the things. Um, and, um, I definitely have tried to adapt some of those things because I, I really, really, really want to bring people to God and I don't, I really don't want to drive people away from God. And, and, uh, so I, I take those seriously, but, um, at, at the end of the day, sometimes I just have to shrug and just say, well, you know, they are somewhere so different from me that I, I can't necessarily relate to what they're talking about um, or their points or um, what what kind of research they've done. And so I just have to move on with my life. I just have to say, you know what, I'm just going to keep praying and keep trying to study God's word and try to find try to find the truth. Um, and they have, they are somewhere else in the truth, perhaps, but, um, but not in the same place as me. And I just have to move on. Wow. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty profound. And I actually like, there's a, I suppose a little, a little reminder as well that when, when you see something positive, you should actually take the time to comment on it or speak to it. Um, oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we struggle with it too at the podcast, you know, like sometimes it's just, 
you put something out there and you're really proud of it and then it's just silence. Yeah. And you don't mm-hmm. hear anything until you start probing. You're like, hey, what did you think about it? You're like, oh, I really loved it. I'm like, well, why didn't you say anything? Like, why do I have to come <laughs> yeah. chasing you? Oh, yeah. you know? Exactly, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think the best the best analogy of this is uh, Google reviews. Mm. <laughs> this is something mm. I learned from uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, pastor in Melbourne, Jono. Um, man, he Google reviews everywhere we go. And Lee's reviews. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that is so good of you because I would only do it if I was angry at a place. But I use <laughs> yeah. Google reviews all the time. I won't go somewhere unless it's got decent Google reviews. But I never write them myself. So recently, I've been trying to say, you know what? If I liked it, I'm going to leave a review, you know? Yeah, that's good. I need to start doing that too because it it's really like something has to be like an 11, you know, like out of 10 yeah. for me to be like, yeah, you know what? This was so incredible. I've got to review it. But if it's like, you know, six or below, it's like, you know, I got to tell the management. They got to know. Um, they got to know this is wrong. Uh, you know, or if it's an eight below, you're like, no, no, they've got to know that this is not this is not a nine or a ten. No, I'm just kidding. No, but um, but yeah, we're just like, why are we so why are we so free with our negative <laughs> reviews and not not so free with our positive stuff? I, I, that'd be great if we could hear more positive stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, well, look, Stanley, we are almost up to an hour. So we are coming to the end of our time together. It's sad. It's tragic. I know. Um, I'm sad. (laughs) But hey, you've got a whole bunch of um, young people listening to you, teenagers, 20-somethings, and maybe above that. Who knows? Probably above that. Yeah, definitely. But a lot of <laughs> creatives, musicians, artists, um, filmmakers. If you could say uh, anything, you were just sitting across the table from a young creative. And I know you've, you've already kind of spoken mm. into that. But if you could just say one thing just to speak into their lives, what would you say to them? Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. But it would be something along the lines of... of Oh man, I'm trying. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank on how the best way to word this. But I'll give an analogy first. Um, the creator of Bugs Bunny, he said, "Every artist has within them thousands of bad drawings, and the faster I'm paraphrasing, but the faster you can get through those bad drawings, the better." And so oh. I would say every day, work, 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 work at your craft, because um, I, Ellen versus the world didn't didn't just pop out of nowhere. I, I literally wrote it years ago um probably five years ago um and uh when i hit 30 uh oh, so six years ago i think i wrote it about six years ago when i hit 30 i was like i wanted i wanted to be a writer when i left college but i haven't actually written anything and so uh, yeah it's pretty pretty dumb right um <laughs> as if someone would just be like hey you over there you look like you could write here. Here's a million dollars. <laughs> like it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and so you have to just keep doing your craft. So I, when I hit 30, I, uh, took it upon myself. I read some writer's habit forming thing where he did, uh, did this thing called one, two, seven, 14, where he was like, I'm going to read one screenplay a week. I'm going to, uh, watch two movies and take notes on them. And I'm going to write seven pages. He, I think he did seven pages a day, but I was just like, uh, I can't do that. I have a yeah, job. That's um, and so I was going to do seven pages a week. And then all in all, you'll spend 14 hours in story. And from that, I've written uh, TV shows, Ellen versus the World, two feature-length films, 
And um, I, I've written all these things. And then when I hit 35, I was like, uh, okay, I've written all these things and I have not made anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so then I, I pushed really hard to, and I put, I sent those scripts out there. Um, and, uh, uh, the feature length may, uh, still happen. Um, developing it with Nathan. Um, and, uh, so no promises at this point. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a modern day parable that I'm working on. Um, and we're still working on a title, but it may be, it's, it's based, um, based on one of the parables of Jesus in a, in a comedy setting, a modern day comedy setting. And I won't tell any further because I don't want, I don't want anyone to steal my ideas. So, <laughs> cool, um, cool. but, but, um, look out for that in the future. But then Ellen versus the world, uh, stuck in it. And, um, I found some very gracious people out there who wish to remain silent, uh, uh be silent partners, uh, about this project. And, and they were able to give us some funding to make it happen. And so you may look at, you know, Oh, Stanley just, you know, he's making these, these videos on a whim, but it literally Ellen versus the world has been five years in the making, if you can believe it. Wow. Well, that's insane. And I have like, I have one last question and then um, I'll hand over to Josh, but sure. Ellen versus the world, the main character, Ellen, is that intentional mm-hmm. because of Ellen White or like, how did you come up with the, 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 the name of your, your lead character? Um, <laughs> I, the show was almost called Not a Cult or cult <laughs> uh, um, so was that that is some inside information i don't know if i've ever shared that with anyone but it was Whoa. like uh cultish or not a cult was what i was working on um and um people were just like you can't do that <laughs> so then you just named one of the episodes after it yeah not a cult um and um <laughs> It, the name Ellen, I always knew it was going to be Ellen um, because of uh, being a Seventh Adventist is ba- as, um, in honor of Ellen White, so to speak. Uh, maybe honor is too strong of a word. I don't know. Um, but the uh, oh, homage um, and, in relation homage to that's probably the right word. An homage to Ellen White um, and uh, the verses of world really is birthed out of what I perceive as our uh, as a very Adventist attitude as we are we are very very concerned in general of not being of the world that we often maybe even create uh, some some over dramatic opposition to us um so we often feel like it's us versus the world mm. um and uh if I, I if i dare to step on some toes out there in the world but uh, but there is quite a mindset about that um and so that's where the title came from was was uh, Ellen versus the world, and um, probably a little bit inspired by uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world as a title, but it has <laughs> nothing to do with nothing to do with that movie except for just I thought the title was cool. I guess <laughs> it is a cool title. Oh man, I have loved our time together. Um, so thank you so much, Stanley. Uh, any last words to finish us off? Um, well, I would say I was inspired by one of your episodes of the, the question of are we a church or are we an institution? And I would say, or, are, are we a movement, I'm sorry, or are we an institution? And I would mm. love for the Adventists to get back to being more of a movement of uh, proclaiming that Jesus is coming soon because I feel like that's that started as our focus and I think that should be our focus again I don't know mm-hmm. I think Jesus is coming more soon today than he was but that's just something that I that's been on my mind a lot is like hey let's get back 
Let's get back to that. Here's the funny thing about like our interviews, um, and, and Josh, you can speak to this as well. A lot of the time, we kind of just get on the on the horn with somebody on Skype, and we just kind of chat to them for a little bit, and then and then we just kind of go, okay, let's get into the interview now. But when we like got on the horn with Stan, like it was, I think it was like a good half an hour to forty five minutes before we actually got into the interview. Uh, I don't know how long it was, but it was a long time. But the conversation just flowed, and I I really love that when conversation just flows, and it felt like talking to him wasn't just like a stilted sort of stiff interview it was just this conversation between people that were just i don't know just really getting each other yeah it just felt like a chat with mates honestly it was it was really there was a part where we sort of were just talking we're like oh we should do the interview and i kind of realized (laughs) man we'd actually spoken about so many great things already it's weird (laughs) to now be going into an interview we should have just hit record and just gone but anyway (laughs) yeah oh well it's all good um the guy is great uh ellen versus the world um now as as of the recording of this outro because we do not record our outros and intros at the same time as our interviews don't tell the secrets jesse it's a secret (laughs) it's literally a week apart (laughs) um the episode four the reason i said is because episode four is now out season one of ellen versus the world is now concluded and uh, season two, I'm not quite sure what's the deal with season two, but I hope that season two is in the works and that it's going to be coming out soon. So if you would like to go and check out Ellen vs. the World, um, go to ellenversestheworld.com. We'll have all the links in the show notes and um, the first four episodes will be there for your viewing pleasure, as well as all the study guides and, and everything around that. If you're like a parent who wants to take their kids through some of this stuff or a youth, or a youth leader. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's great stuff. Um, yeah. Any other observations or thoughts from the from the conversation, Josh? You know, I just really love his his heart there. Um, you know, we just we finished on that sort of closing note about us just going back to, um, you know, our, our identity in in being people who proclaim that Jesus is coming again soon and being yeah. excited and and passionate about that. And I was like, man, that's so cool. Um, that that's that's really what this all comes down to. We're all on the same mission. We might have different ways of doing it, but at the end of the day, we are passionate and we're using our gifts um, that we have and our resources available to to help people grow. And mm. that's just so exciting. Um, so I'm just really grateful for for that interview and that time we had with Stanley. Mm. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where his projects go. Um, Duck Duck Productions is the name of the video company um, that that they use and they do really cool stuff. They've just started a podcast studio and everything. So yeah, I'm super excited. I'm really believing for some, some great things to come out of it. Yeah. And to any creatives, uh, filmmakers, storytellers out there, um, just want to encourage you as you um, go about your creative endeavors. um, Don't give up. Keep as Stanley sort of um, encouraged in that interview. Keep at it. Just keep doing the work keep just just making stuff keep creating stuff find people who are like you and who can um, really help you and speak into your craft um, because as he said you know the projects that he's working on today Ellen versus the world it it didn't just come about in like a split second you know he wrote this years ago and he's only just producing it now and and I get the feeling as you know Josh just said that this is only the tip of the iceberg for Stanley, for Duck Duck Productions, and for the 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 creative scene in Adventism. So, 
my message to all of you guys is I want to see more filmmakers, podcasters, musicians, social, digital media marketers, uh, storytellers, influencers, the whole lot. I just want to see more of it. Mm, awesome. Cool. So, hey, let us know what uh, your thoughts were. Uh, we're excited. And um, yeah, so just let us know what, what you thought. Uh, what did you think of the whole episode? What did you think of um, Adventism and creati- creativity? What do you think of Ellen vs. the World um, or, or any of his other productions? We're excited to hear. Um, and you can let us know. Um, and the best way to get in contact with us is just to go to our website. That is uh, burnthehaystack.org. Um, and if you are listening to our podcast and you haven't already subscribed on the podcatching app of your choice, please do so. And if you are on iTunes, please leave us a review. We love it when you leave us reviews. It help us, helps us get the word out there. We really appreciate it. Awesome. So that is Josh and Jesse out. Thank <laughs> you.